0: This is Banks and Commentary. I'm your host, Candace Banks, and welcome back to another episode. Y'all, when I'm recording this, it's a little early. I'm tired, but we're gonna get through it. Anyway, we're gonna hear from my friend Mr. Raphael Jones today. Raphael is gonna talk to us about how he got started with investing in the stock market and also his journey toward financial independence. This is a great episode for those of us who don't wanna spend 40 years of our life in a cubicle working because Raphael can decide when he wants to work and how often he wants to work. This is such a great and inspiring episode, so let's go ahead and get into it.
1: Like, you know, if you have somebody that makes $100,000 a year who spends $100,000 a year and then you have somebody that makes $40,000 a year that only spends twenty. dollars you know, the one making forty thousand a year is wealthier than the person making a hundred thousand dollars a year. So it's so like it's never, it's never solely about the money. It's just, you know, how you manage it.
0: Hey Raphael, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Candace?
0: I'm doing good. Nameless Jet Blackson in the building. Burr, burr, burr. In the building. <laughs> Back from <nothing>. London. <laughs>
1: I'm back. It's good to be back. Uh, Glad to be on the show. I've listened to most of your episodes so far. I'm I'm so proud of you. Like it's an amazing show so far.
0: Thank you for the support. I appreciate it. Absolutely. (laughs) I really do. I really do. So um, yeah, so you have a really cool background, a cool and interesting story with personal finance and just like, so Raphael's living in mini retirement, I would call it right now. How old are you, if you don't mind asking, uh, us asking. I'm
1: 29 years old.
0: So he's old as, I don't know, I'm kidding. now he's 29 <laughs> and he's living like this cool mini retirement life just came from London just kind of doing whatever he wants no boss or anything so um let's get into it like people want to know people want to know what it is so uh, where did your journey with uh personal finance begin
1: um it's it's hard for me to really pinpoint where it began I mean I I know uh, I've just always been interested in money um I grew up in a household where it's like if you wanted money you had to you had to go out and get it um you know, it wasn't like allowance or anything like that. I think around 10, my mom, I think she gave me something like to cut the grass and things like that. Um, but it was, I don't know, I've just always had like a, how can I go get it? Because it's not gonna be given to me type, type attitude. So, um, so yeah, I've just kind of always been curious about it. Um, I, I know another major point um, in my life was like, in 10th grade, I remember my civics teacher talking about social security And about he was like, Oh, when you guys are older, like there's not going to be any social security. So I don't know how you guys are going to live. And that freaked me out. I was like, Oh my (laughs) goodness, I have to make sure I have, I have to make sure I have money. And that kind of like made my, my, um, you know, the gears, my head start turning like, well, I can't depend on that. Like, let me make sure I'm good. Just start hoarding some cash away.
0: that <laughs> cash, <laughs> but it's interesting that you had that realization when he said that at such a young age. Because you know, at that time, people were like, "Oh, you know, we'll see what happens." Are he lying? You know. So having that realization was awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's-
0: what was your relationship with money growing up then? You said nothing was really handed, you had to, you know, go out work work to get it. So were you like a saver a spender? How did that go?
1: Um, my relationship with money was we didn't have it. <laughs> so it was like um I don't know. I, I wasn't I, I wouldn't call myself cheap, but I definitely was not reckless. Um mm-hmm. like in in high school, I, I definitely had like a couple little hustles and entrepreneurial en- endeavors. I was a kid at school with a duffel bag full of snacks in the cafeteria, like trying to sell it 25 <laughs> cents cheaper than the uh, than the cafeteria was selling it and um and, and little <laughs> little stuff like that. But I also had um I don't know I guess the disadvantage kind of turned to an advantage because my um my parents kind of like talked me through some of the mistakes they made like with credit mm. and credit card debt and um you know, just all sorts of like loans and, you know, car loans and things like that. So I was definitely not going to repeat the same mistakes. Like if I can learn from them mm-hmm. instead of doing it myself, like that's what I'm going to do. So that's, uh, that pretty much sums it up. I think.
0: That's awesome. I was the person I said it in another episode, but when I was younger, it was the episode five with Dominic. When I was younger, I, uh, I used to like sell erasers. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know how- you said the cool erasers, so I would sell them, you know? Make about make my little candy money or whatever.
1: Hey, you understood your market. Make it happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you see? So um, that's awesome that your parents kind of had those conversations with you and were very open about those things. Cause a lot of times parents aren't open and you don't have the opportunity to learn from their mistakes. So Definitely. it's awesome that you're like, look, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna nah. make <laughs> that. That's awesome. So what did you do after high school? Did you go straight to college or, um, I know you're in the army reserve, but was that right after high school?
1: Um, so I did go to college, uh, well, I took a semester off. It wasn't like by choice, but I was trying to like work out the financial things for school. Uh, I was not a good student in high school at all. I felt completely mm-hmm. unprepared for college, like as far as like, what do I do next? Um, I only wanted to go to one school, that was Florida a and I went and I was an out-of-state student. I didn't have any scholarships, any mm. like nothing. <laughs> so when I did get there and, um, you know, it was the second semester of the, of the year, um, I went there with like $700 I had from working at a Hilton. Um, and yeah, I, I did one semester and after the semester, it's like I had, um, I don't know, I was just always aware of the debt I had. Because my my grandma has, had to co-sign for the loan. That was the only way that I could go. Um, and I went down there expecting a, um, a scholarship, like I don't know, Air Force ROTC or Army ROTC. I didn't know what my plan was. I just went down. I was going out on faith. And um, and I did end up I did end up doing the Army ROTC program, but you know they wasn't giving out scholarships like right away. And I didn't want to um, I didn't want to dig that hole of student loan debt so I went to the army to um or to the army reserve to one they had in my contract to pay back that money um or at least I'll pay it back and they also had like some pretty nice bonuses for my job so um mm-hmm. that's what I did after high school
0: <laughs> nice and how did you find out about the army reserve and that being an option to pay back some of your debt
1: um, just I guess just talking to some of the recruiters. When I was doing a ROTC program on campus, like these National Guard people would come and talk to us all the time, um, which would have been a great option for me to stay there at the school. But the thing I did not, um, I can't remember what the reason was why I, I didn't stay down there immediately. But I know the reserve was gonna allow me to um, not be tied to one state and mm-hmm. um I just, I just went in the office and talked to them there, and I took the test. Mm. They're like, you can have whatever job you want, and I was like, give me something that has a big bonus, and <laughs> um, and the contract had like $30,000 of student loan repayment in it, so I'm like, mm, okay, okay, um, <laughs> and I was like, go from there, but the plan was to still be in the reserve and finish, finish college while I was in the reserve, but... Mm. Um, kind of took a a detour a little bit
0: (laughs) okay and we'll talk about the detour we'll talk about the detour and so what was your experience in the army reserve like so for people who might be listening I always feel like dj envy for the people who don't know (laughs) but for the people who might be listening and are like okay this might be a good option for me so what was your experience in the army reserve and even like as a black man what was your experience in the army reserve
1: um, I think anybody in the army, whatever component will probably tell you it's, it's a love hate relationship. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a job, right? Um, when I look back on it, I, I only remember the good stuff. Like you don't remember the bad things really. Um, I don't know. Some people do, but me, I, I definitely needed it like for the discipline. And, um, I, don't, I just, I just like that stuff. I, I, I like the training. Um, I like being outside and, you know, exercising and all that stuff. Um, I guess the experience is like a black man. Uh, My unit was a bunch of people from like middle nowhere, Missouri. So there's some things that, you know, I definitely encountered that, um, I don't know, it it was a uncomfortable environment sometimes, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, they always preach like, you know, we're we're all one color, we're green. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I'll say, yeah, it was, it was it was kind of a mixed bag a little bit, but overall it was positive. My plan was always to get in for a few years, do everything I could while I was in, and then get out.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good that you had a positive experience too. And you you know you can understand like, you know what it would be as. At, with a few people from Missouri in the middle of nowhere. so yeah. I kid it. <laughs> <laughs> so, it sounds like being in the army reserve did help your financial position with your student loans and that bonus, but um did it help your financial position in any in, in any other way? There we go.
1: <laughs> um I, it definitely gave me um I don't know. I think it it kind of gave me a head start um the, the stereotype is, you know, if you're if you're a man, especially a black man in the army, you go to the army, you take your money, and then you buy a uh what is not a Camaro. What what is, you buy a, a charger, a charger or a Camaro. <laughs> right. Yes. And they I had like,
0: like Virginia outs- Beach.
1: <laughs> you already so know. You it's right outside the bases. They got the dealerships and they just waiting on them. Like, like, come on, we, we already know what you want. We got it parked outside for you. But uh, and I did I did spend that money. Um I bought a motorcycle but um Mm -hmm. I I ended up selling that to pay for some some classes uh elsewhere but um yeah I think I I took that that bonus money and um kind of used that to kind of help my financial position um they give it to you in installment so it's not like they gave it to me like in a chunk but um it it was a $14,000 bonus so I was like Mm -hmm. you know if if you if you're not if you're not managing that wisely I mean that's I don't know. It was just a no-brainer yeah. for me. So I just never looked back from there.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And so you talked about leaving the Army and, you know, kind of, you know, taking a curve, you know, there's a lot that was in there from the school or what have you. So um, what was your motivation for leaving the Army Reserve or have you left?
1: Um, I did leave. I think my contract was officially up like in 2018 because you do like six years active reserve and then two years where they can still call you back like if they need you um Mm -hmm. so I like I said like I I never wanted to like make a career out of it because um I thought it would be hard like to raise a family and then the other thing which was probably my biggest motivator was I never thought that I would be rich like you know Mm -hmm. being enlisted in the military which Mm -hmm. I I mean I think my views have kind of changed you can do it but it just wasn't you know it wasn't my path Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, the, the, the Army was kind of just, I mean, it's something I enjoyed, but it was just something to kind of help me get to where I needed to go, and school's expensive, and, <laughs> you know, let me take advantage of that. Mm,
0: good. And so you said you, you know, wanted to have a family at some point, and then you also saw that it wasn't going to necessarily make you rich. So did you have a plan after leaving the Army Reserve?
1: Um, I don't know if I had a plan. To be honest with you, I kind of um, I kind of just sold myself to the highest bidder working at various jobs. <laughs> I'm like when they talk about like all the things that are wrong with millennials, like I'm I'm probably like the prototype. Like I've worked for probably like 20 different organizations. I'm not exaggerating. Oh my god. Um, yeah. you know, when I was in reserve, I was working like right after, you know, I got done with the training, I was working three jobs. Um, my first oh my full-time god. job was at a bank. I worked at another bank and I was in carset. I've, I've done like <laughs> so many different things, but see an opportunity and they'd be like, okay, well, you know, we'll pay you more. And I'm like, all right, here's my two weeks. <laughs> Let me, uh, I'm, I'm, a, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, I I don't, I knew I was trying to make it from the Midwest out here eventually. And, um, I don't know, it was just some things that kind of fell into place like when I kind of found my career a little bit um and yeah, it's it just kind of the plan just kind of unfolded before me, but I didn't, you know, like, hey, I'm going to be in this career field and do this. It's like I did, you know, I thought I was going to be a banker until I was in car sales. And I thought I was going to be in car sales until I was in safety management. So, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of how it, how it went.
0: So you said you went from car sales to uh, from banker to car sales to safety management. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into sales? And like, what was that experience like for you?
1: So the um, banking was was pretty much sales, right? Like, it's not how I thought about it. Um, mm. Actually, actually, cool story too. the first bank that I applied for the, the manager as I'm interviewing with the manager. Her husband was one of my um, her husband from down in Florida, he was one of my um mm-hmm. one of my cadre, like from RLTC, mm-hmm. from Florida. I'm in Illinois at the time, right? It's like oh, wow. just small world. Like I just found out like at the interview, right? And um, mm-hmm. so anyway, I she when she when she's telling me about the job that I'm interviewing for, like I didn't realize, you know, there was so much sales involved. I thought, you know, just Take people's money, sign them up for accounts. So, but she was a really good, um, you know, coach and, and, and she walked me through it and I did well in it. Um, but I never really enjoyed the sales side of it. Um, but that bank ended up closing down and I went to another bank and it's kind of the same thing. I was like, you know, I really just don't enjoy this and had some conflict at that job. So I wasn't happy. Um, I gave them my opportunity to fix it, you know, and didn't change. So after a while, I left and, and went to car sales. And um, it's kind of the same thing. I did it for a year and I was like, I hate sales. Like, I, I hate it. <laughs> I hate sales. Um, the, the, there's nothing good about it, but the money for me, for me, like it just wasn't, you know, kind of, um, it, it, it didn't fit with my personality. So um, both, both of those jobs that I left, like I left without any backup plan. I didn't know what I was gonna do next. It was just, you know what, I'm done. <laughs>
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. I mean, and so finding the thing that fits with your personality. So for you, what was the thing that didn't fit about like the banker or the sales for people who, you know, may want to get into car sales or you want to become a banker and like, okay, I think this may be a viable source of income. Mm -hmm. Um, What was that that didn't fit for your personality?
1: For me, it was the managerial pressure. Um, The car sales was kind of like, you know, the car salesman stereotypes, like that shady stuff <laughs> definitely goes on. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like a type of like, you know, I'm, I'm building a relationship with somebody, I'm building a trust. And, you know, people buy from me because they like me. And then it was like mm-hmm. the pressure for management, like to kind of like do bait and switch on people sometimes or, mm-hmm. or they'll like go in the system and like jack the price up real quick or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I live in this town. <laughs> like I don't know about yes. y'all, but I live here. and My name is everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somebody's gonna catch me at a red light now. <laughs> but yeah. But I was like, it was just, um, just things that I didn't feel comfortable doing, and also just mm. um, aside from that, like I hate being sold. I like to buy, but I don't mm. like being sold stuff. I don't like people in my face pressuring me. And if that's how you're managing me to to do business. I just don't want any part of it so um like I said I stuck it out for for like a as long as I could and I was like Mm -hmm. I was making a new year's making my new year's list and everything and I was like you know what I'm really miserable at this job I'm not gonna work here another day and I went in and talked to him like I'm done (laughs) (laughs) y'all
0: and so what did you do after that you went to construction right
1: um sort of there was a um there was somebody like around my hometown who had this school where they um they taught like OSHA classes and um, hazardous waste training and, and different things like that my mom had introduced me to the director I don't know maybe a few years back and um I was just riding by his school one day and I saw a sign and I was like you know let me go in here and talk to him because I met with him before And he was talking about, you know, you can make six figures doing this, like we take this class and whatever, whatever. And at the time I wasn't 21 yet. So, and they're like, well, you gotta be 21 to do these jobs. So kind of just went in one ear and out out the other. Um, I'm like, let me just go see what he's talking about, right? So I went in, um, talked to him. He kind of sold me on the class. Um, It was like this site safety and health officer class. Um, it cost five thousand dollars. I sold my motorcycle <laughs> to pay for the class, and um, it that was just me getting a foot in the door. And I found this company, um, this environmental health company, and I was like in California working on an oil spill, like <laughs> in Santa Barbara. Cool. A, a few months later, it was it was probably the best the best job I ever had. I'm still I'm working with that company like right now. That, that was five years ago when I first uh, got introduced to them, but it was, um, I don't know, one job, it was, they were all contract jobs, which is important to say. So it's like after the, the project was over, I would just be kind of chilling. So I had to definitely make sure I was like managing my money right and, um, you know, had savings to carry me or, um, or you know, have like a little side gig or hustle in between. And when that, when that job got slow, I found another company, just went in to talk to them. Um, gave my resume they hired me and I started doing contracting um, for construction doing safety management
0: that's awesome that's awesome and it, it seems like you're not afraid to like just go for it you know whether it means quitting another job and starting a new one or you know making sure that you have something to sustain you during contracts like it seems like you're just gonna go for it and that's you know that's a good trait to have you know
1: there's something wrong with me because I think I get more joy quitting a job than I do from getting the job. But it's it's an amazing feeling like when you can, um, I don't know, there's, there's this power that comes with being in a position to, um, you know, you know what your price is, you know what you're willing to do. Um, and, and nobody can like really control you. Like you don't have to act, a certain way or be a certain way because you're scared of what the consequences might be for you financially and um, that's Mm. that's something I've definitely been you know fortunate and blessed to experience over the past few years.
0: Mm. So how were you able to build kind of that that safety net or that financial backing up until the point of being um you know, taking the California job and then leaving that job, how were you able to to build that financial backing?
1: Um, really, just just increasing the cushion between mm. my income and my expenses, right? So, like, mm. when I think about wealth, I think about you know how how long can I survive? <laughs> you know, how long can I can my money you know pay for my expenses, right? Um, so that's, that's one thing that I definitely had to like become more aware of, like, as I didn't have the security of, um, you know, this is my job and I'll be here every day, day in, day out, 365. Um, so, and then I also kind of got into investing, which um, was, was a very um, good way to kind of hold over in those, in those time periods as well.
0: Nice. So um, how did you kind of cut your expenses or raise your income during that time?
1: Um so I, one, I, for as far as the income, I asked for it. Um, <laughs> that's, it's I think nice. that's something that, that a lot of people miss. Um, but if you, if you know your job, if you're good at your job, if you know your value um, and you're working to your potential and, and you know, you're, um, I don't know, I could just always see it's like, yo, like these people over here aren't doing anything. I know what value I provide to this company. Um, people ask mm-hmm. for me by name, et cetera, et cetera so, you know, after I, I work a project, you know, I'd be like, hey, you know what, I, I come with the stats, this is what I did, at this yeah. job, this job, this job, I'd like I'd like an increase, like, can you guys do that, can you, um, you know, and and I'll also, you know, sometimes, like, I'll, I'll shop, and i am like, hey, you know, they're willing to, you know, provide me with this, like, can y'all match it, or um, not saying that I would necessarily leave, like, if I'm happy, but um, you know, just you just have to know what you bring to the table. Um, so one, I'd t- ask ask for more money, seek opportunities like where you can make more money, and then two is just um, not getting sucked into the um, into the trap of I make more, so now let me spend more. So mm-hmm. I use the um, and I, I used to have this idea in my mind, like in in high school or like when I was a teenager. If I ever make it big, like I'm still gonna live like in this this small little apartment, so I don't forget where I came from. You know, I gotta remember. You know, I was getting it out these streets. You know, like it was.
0: It was, not I was the
1: <laughs> but that was kind of like my mentality. Like, I didn't want to get, um, I, you know, I didn't want to get like uppity, or or you know, like I, I think of like you know the, the Bankses from Fresh Prince or something like that. You know, I I, I don't want to be. I thought
0: you <laughs> was talking about me.
1: Of course. you <laughs> no pun intended.
0: <laughs> Always.
1: No, but, but for real though, it's, um, I think it might've been while reading rich dad, poor dad, where, uh, where I, I had like the realization, like, you know, if you have somebody that makes a hundred thousand dollars a year who spends a hundred thousand dollars a year, and then you have somebody that makes 40,000 a year that only spends 20, you know, the one making forty thousand a year is wealthier than the person making a hundred thousand dollars a year. So it's so like it's never it's never solely about the money. It's just you know mm-hmm. how you manage it. You know, like if you're faithful okay. with a little, you'll be blessed with you know with much more. So um, that's kind of just always been the mentality. Like you know, don't you know you're, you're not gonna get rich by spending money.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. That's good. That's good. Unless you're putting it in investments. Um, so you talk, you talked a little bit about how investments held you over through this point. So what did your investments look like? And then how did you start getting introduced to investing?
1: Um, so I started like the first project I was on that I was managing, I was working in St. Louis. And um actually, you know what? The reason that I actually got into investing, believe it or not was mm-hmm. Pokemon Go. That summer, what was that? That was that was the summer of 2016, I think. And Pokemon Go had came out and it was like the most amazing thing I'd ever saw because I was outside and I would see people in the neighborhood I'd never seen before. People that like wouldn't come to a particular neighborhood and be outside at night walking around. And, you know, just people that never met each other and they were just like, best friends out catching Pokemon. I'm like, you know, this is going to be huge. How can I capitalize on this? So I started looking up like Nintendo stock and um, things like that. And I didn't actually buy it because I decided that it had already ran up too much and I'd missed it. But that kind of um, that kind of like got me thinking about investing and things like that. And I think the first company that I owned was uh, United Rentals, which rents um, construction equipment like to companies. So that's something I was around a lot that I understood, um, so I had invested in it, and um, I just kind of, kind of kept going from there. Um, I was doing a project in Colorado. I don't know if I don't know if we can say this on your show or not, <laughs> but I was I in. Co- say
0: what you got. We'll take it out.
1: I was in. I was in Colorado, and I just saw how big like the marijuana industry was, and I was like, "Oh my goodness! Like this is this is huge, you know? Like how can I capitalize on this? Because there was." I remember, um, reading some of, there was more dispensaries than there were Starbucks, right?
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. I'm like, this is, this is incredible. So I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm looking at the news every year. Another state legalizes another state, another state. This is, this is 2017. Um, Mm -hmm. so I just started like all my per diem, like I just started Mm -hmm. dumping it into, (laughs) into these different, these different companies. And then, um, they were Canadian companies at the time because I was reading that Canada was planning to, to legalize recreational marijuana. So I invested in some Canadian companies that just blew up and I was able to make a ton of money off of it. Um, a lot of them that I I still, I still own now and they're, they're making like, they're catching their second wind with, with this presidency and they have us exposure and it's kind of like the, um, kind of like what happened when when alcohol prohibition ended and you know, wow. the Budweiser's and all those companies. So um, it's been able to f- finance some cars and some, you know, just some trips. And, you know, I think I, so, what last year, last year I worked about five months and this yeah. year might might be about the same if I want to.
0: Yeah. Um, That's awesome.
1: Yeah, just the flexibility. <laughs>
0: That's so cool. And so it seems like even with your jobs and with your investing that you see an opportunity and you're not afraid to go for it. And you had the financial backing because you're, you know, living below your means or whatever to be able to take advantage of these opportunities when you see them come. So having that eye is like God sent, you know, and just like being tuned to, what it is um, that's happening around you and um, making sure that you're just taking the risk and doing it. So that's awesome though. That is really awesome. So do you only invest in stocks?
1: Um, not, not individual stocks. I've actually started to uh, transfer a lot of my individual stocks to, um, to index funds. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely made like a lot of mistakes with investing along the way but if i could start over i would definitely be um i probably put like a larger amount of that money into index funds um my my favorite is vanguard's s p 500 index fund i would have been when i was working i would have been maxing out my 401k which i was not doing i would have been maxing out my roth 401 or not my roth 401 but my roth ira which i was not doing at the time um so those are some of the things that I would have went back and did, but I'm definitely, um, moving more towards like the indexing than individual stocks, but I do still have the individual stocks, which is like my, you know, higher risk, higher reward, you know, play money type, <laughs> you know, That's bank good. account.
0: <laughs> That's good. And then, so for more advice for people starting out. So you said, um you know, mainly investing in index funds, but maybe someone who really wants to start getting investing, getting started with investing and really doesn't know where to start, what would you recommend that they do?
1: Um, I would definitely say start with your 401k because that Mm -hmm. is, it's free money. You know, most of your, uh, it's free money a couple of ways. One, most of the time your company is going to match a certain percentage. And then two, that's, money that's going towards yourself untaxed um, so you know you're, you're not getting taxed as much and um yeah avoid taxes as much as you can but other than that like if you're looking to you know invest in individual companies i just say find a company that you like or find a company that you love rather um, yeah. and get some skin in the game like even if it's just buying one share um, but you know get on robin hood buy the stock and just follow it like that's that's really how I learned Um, and I think having you know having the skin in the game because you can go to like Investopedia or something like that and do like a a demo but me personally if I have something to lose like I'm going to pay attention to it you know a lot more than something that's you know theoretical this is just you know myself but um, yeah start following it understanding how it moves um, but but just just read and research. Um, and, you know, there, there's there's just so much information out there right now. I I'll watch YouTube videos for hours sometimes. Like if I'm looking at a stock, I get I get different opinions. Like I listen to, you know, what the bulls are saying about it, what the bears are saying about it. And um, and then I, I kind of form my own opinion, like based on, you know, what type of investor I am. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you have to you have to decide what your time frame is and um what you're willing to risk and yeah just go from there
0: nice that's good that's good and i know at some point you invested in bitcoin um do you mind talking about that a little bit and that experience
1: uh yeah that was a like a painful (laughs) experience that was like (laughs) one of my i don't know it, it, it could have been a mistake depending on how you look at it it was definitely a um it wasn't a mistake it was a it was a lesson it was a lesson. Um, so yeah, I invested in Bitcoin, like before, like the huge run-up, what was that? Was that 2017 to 18? Mm -hmm. I think like, um, so I'd invested in it and, um, you know, some other coin, like Litecoin Mm -hmm. and I didn't, I didn't get out, (laughs) you know, I just kind of like let it ride. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think, so yeah, I'd invested probably way too much money in it. Um, it was probably like between five and 10% of like my portfolio. And then it just like completely just, Ooh. it's just gone. Right. Yeah. But I, I didn't, I didn't touch it. So it, it came back. It came, it started to come back, you know, like, you know, recently, mm-hmm. but, um, after it came back, like around the price, like that i bought it, I pretty much, um, sold most of it. So I still have some mm-hmm. somewhere, like I'm not even paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'll just look up in 20 years. Go and be like, Oh, nice. <laughs> Go look at it. i mean i I know what the price i know what the price is of it right right now but i don't have enough of it to um you know for it to be that significant Gotcha. Uh, but yeah definitely understand like the the bubbles understand what you're investing in don't you know don't get into it because because of the hype Mm. um and my my personal my personal thing is what goes up comes down there's always going to be another opportunity to get in but a lot of people get in at exactly the wrong time (laughs) by the time you're hearing about it on the news and it's going crazy it's usually not the right time but um yeah i don't know right right now it's just a little too risky too too much risk for my personal tolerance Mm -hmm. so i have some you know some but i'm not I'm not really looking to add a whole lot more.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. And you talked a little bit about investing in what you understand. And quite honestly, I talked to someone about this. Um, Black Vito, he's going to be episode one of season two. I talked to someone about this and I don't really understand Bitcoin. So I'm not going to invest in it because I don't get it unless I take the time (laughs) to really understand. I won't be doing it. So I get it. (laughs) I get it
1: yes, I spent many hours trying to understand it. And I I get the concept. But if I tried to explain it to anybody, like, I'd sound like an idiot. So (laughs) like, yeah, probably should probably should stay stay away from it myself.
0: Wow. Wow. um, And so a little bit about you, you know, you're able to, you know, live off of those some of those good investments that you had a few years ago. So you're now in what I'm calling a mini retirement, but what do you call it?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I was like, that's probably, that's probably not accurate. (laughs) It's, I don't know. I, I just, I love the flexibility of, of being able to go to work when I want to. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now I want to go snowboarding. So that's what I'm doing next weekend. You know, like I don't have to call anybody. I don't have to ask anybody for permission. Uh I just go you know, the, the company who I do work for now, like they'll call me like, Hey, we have a project. Do you want to do it? Mm-hmm. And I'll say yes, or I'll say no. Um, awesome. now I'm still, you know, keeping track, making sure that my investments are growing steadily towards retirement. And I'm, I'm thinking I might just, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of caught between mm-hmm. going back to work and just hustling for a couple of years just to solidify that mm-hmm. or, um, playing around like with, a. Uh, you know, doing a lot more investing or I've been playing around with, um, what do you call it, Forex mm-hmm. and just using this time to like kind of like understand it and master it mm-hmm. um, just to have options. I love having options. That's good. <laughs> so, you know, when you take that time off, like anybody who's, who's kind of doing like a similar path, like I would just encourage them to, um, you know, explore, explore your talents, explore like what it is you really enjoy doing mm-hmm. and then leverage that to, to make a living.
0: Nice. That's good. That's good. And that's good advice as well. And snowboarding. That's so cool. <laughs> My family went skiing one year. My mom said we're never coming back. Never. Never. <laughs> never. It is too cold. <laughs> it is too cold. We are never coming back. Never.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so question about um a little bit we're gonna go back to forex in a minute but um how were you able to plan for the this uh i don't know if it would be called a mini retirement but that's what i'll keep calling it but this like (laughs) this mini retirement um when you when you started to quit your job and then start this journey of just taking on contracts when you wanted to
1: um the it's just kind of it's kinda all over the place. When I when I moved after I got out the army and I moved here, mm-hmm. um, what was that in 2018? I had a full time job as a, a compliance manager. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the same situation. I had a, I had a boss that was um, it's not flexible, very micromanagerial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I decided I was hey, I'm 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 not gonna do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back to that first company I was telling you about that I really loved working with. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just how their business kind of is. Mm-hmm. They have this program for, um, you know, like where it's kind of like a, a flex program. Like, you know, we need workers. We call you up. Um, I have a good name with them. So I can pretty much like work whenever they have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't, I don't just take jobs all year because I, I work to live. I don't live to work. So, um, just, like I said, just having that cushion, um, and, and having like a balance between my savings, my investments, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was was like, Hey, I want to, I don't want to wait until I'm, you know, my fifties and sixties to, to enjoy life. Like I want to do it now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just kind of just started mapping that out, you know, and I think a lot of people think that you have to be like a millionaire to retire, but some of the, um, the financial independence communities and groups and um, podcasts that I kind of follow, mm-hmm. like you would be surprised. It, it does not take as much money as you think mm-hmm. to, um, you know, to quit your job and to, um, you know, just, just start living life. It's just really all about, you know, finding what that, um, finding what your number is, you know, um, to where you can do that and um, and decreasing your expenses or increase your income mm. preferably both
0: <laughs> at the same time that's good wow all right so then um one thing that we're talking about um and with our pastor is habits so what were some mm. habits that you developed that really set you up for this time we know that you want to earn more you want to definitely save uh save more so make your expenses a little bit lower so how did How did you make those expenses lower? What were some things that you practiced that were like uh, your holy grail for keeping expenses very low?
1: Um, I kind of, I'm not like, I'm a budgeter, but I'm not like a super particular, like, Mm. look at every detail. Like, for me, I knew what I wanted to invest, how much percent of my check I wanted to invest, Mm. what percent of it I wanted to save, which was hardly. Any, it just all went to investment. And like, if I need to pull it out, I can. Right. And um, and then it's like whatever I had left after that, then I just kind of like did whatever I wanted with it. Um, my bills were on auto pay. Mm-hmm. I didn't um, I didn't really take on any debt. Like, if I couldn't pay for it, um, cash other other than a couple of vehicles that mm-hmm. <laughs> I bought, and then you know, kind of paid off right after that. Um yeah, I was like, I knew what I wanted to invest. And then whatever I had left, that's what I spent. Mm. Um, And that, that was the strategy that worked for me. But Mm. one of the things that I'm also seeing, like on this journey is that personal finance is so personal. Like there's Mm. so many different ways to get to where you want to go. You have to, you know, just find the strategy that works for you. Um, And I going not lie, sometimes like I'm sitting at home and I'm like, man, you know, I don't know I don't want to know when the next time like my bank account will have like that little plus sign next to it to where like, you know, I've got a deposit. into. so like, I just want to go to work just to see some money come in. Right. Or, like, I'll get anxious. But even though I'm, I'm good, but I'll just feel mm-hmm. anxious. So Some people like it would drive them crazy, mm-hmm. but um, mostly it, it mostly works for me.
0: <laughs> good, good. And then too going along with that, um, what are some sacrifices that you made? Um, in order to kind of set you up for this time to the point where you're like, I'm good, even though I don't see that little plus coming in?
1: Uh, sacrifices, definitely like housing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, housing is usually um, the the biggest chunk of people's um, income mm-hmm. or, or their biggest expense. And for me, um, I was like, there's, for me personally, there were so many more important things in my day-to-day life than housing. So I was like, you know, I can live with someone or I can live like in an area um, maybe, you know, like a lot less than what I can afford Mm -hmm. because I want to go on, you know, three, four trips this year, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I want to buy a new motorcycle or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, and I mean, other than that, I think I pretty much, I I don't, um, I don't think of anything that's kind of like a sacrifice as far as like pain. Like I, I go out to eat when I want, (laughs) but I just kind of keep track of, (laughs) you know, I keep track of, you know, um, the bigger expenses. So that way, like the things that I really love to do, um, I can, um, I can do and not have to think about it. So I think the housing thing was a big one. And then not buying a new car every, you know, few years is is also a big one.
0: Nice. That's good. That's good. We talked a little bit about your car. Um, So it, Going going forward, what advice would you have for someone you know who loves their cars, um, and you know may not want to have a car mess up their their financial journey, or not mess it up, but you know put a wrench in it?
1: I think the first thing you have to do is ask yourself how important is that car to you. If that's something like if you're like a car enthusiast and you want to spend your money on a car, do it. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, again, like just the quote that um, Rich Dad Poor Dad book again, it has like a lot of quotes that like just stuck with me mm-hmm. reading all those years back. But he, he says in the book that his rich dad never said, I can't afford it. He would say, how can I afford it? Mm-hmm. Right. So I noticed when I bought a new vehicle um, after like two or three months, like that feeling was gone. It's like, I didn't need to spend all this money on on this vehicle. Um, so it's, it's really, you really have to ask yourself, like, how important is this to me? If, if you, if you need to, you know, um, be like in a nice luxury vehicle or, or stun on people or something like that, and that's super important to you. And that's the sacrifice you want to make by all means do it, but there, I don't, it just doesn't really make, it doesn't make any sense. Um, you can get so much farther ahead. If you put that money into an investment or some type of vehicle, that's going to, um, make you cash um, mm. instead of, you know, it being like your biggest or second biggest payment mm. every month. So get you, you know, five six seven ten 10 year old car, mm. uh, older, if, if you can stomach it, you know, Don't. and, I'm and you know, with
0: just. <laughs> <laughs> with you. That's only because I had to pick my car up from, uh, from getting fixed. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, that's good advice. Take that advice. Yes. Good, good. I want to ask you a little bit about forex. How how is your forex mm-hmm. journey going, and how did you get started with that?
1: Uh, I heard about it like I don't know. I've heard about it multiple times over the years. Mm-hmm. But the first time I heard about it by a friend, um, a friend of mine in St. Louis. Um, I I didn't really understand what it was, and at the time I was kind of like all my mental capacity was going to try to understand crypto and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so i was like forex out it sounds complicated i don't really want to hear about it right now and then it kind of like started coming back up um i think a mutual friend of ours was Mm kind of um told me about it and it's um i don't know it it hasn't really done anything for me Mm -hmm. yet but i know it's because i haven't been consistent and to be honest with you it's I just like investing in stocks more personally. Mm-hmm. Forex is kind of just more so, you know, uh, candles on the chart. And don't get me wrong. You can make a lot of money in Forex. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. There are people around me that are doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, it's worth it for me to take this time that I'm not working to, mm-hmm. you know, to get more involved and be consistent. Um, but it's it's all it's been all on me. I haven't done anything with it yet, <laughs> but it's it's not because it doesn't work. It's because I haven't been working it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's good. That's good. I mean, but when you do it, you seem like everything that you've put your mind to, you've done a good job at it. So when you decide to put the effort that you are comfortable with, I think it, it'll definitely do well.
1: I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I'll, I'll give you an update. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. Um, another thing is we're slightly switching gears. I know that you um, are now still in school. Do I have that right?
1: No, I actually just graduated in November. Yay! Or something. <laughs>
0: Congratulations! Thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy
0: graduation. <laughs> dun, dun,
1: dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> thank you so, so much. You're
0: welcome. So what was your motivation for going back to school?
1: Um, so before when I moved here or when I was making the decision to move here, or I think I'd got here first, I just saw how competitive the DC market was. Like before, um, in my career field, it was more so about experience. And I don't know, every every career I've had, like whether it was banking or car sales or safety, I was always working around people who had degrees and I was doing the same thing that they were doing and they weren't necessarily getting paid anymore because they had degrees. So that kind of put my education on pause. I'm like, you know, it's, it's not a whole lot of ROI on it. Um, but then I came out here and I saw Explain like
0: ROI for people who don't know.
1: Yeah. So, uh, ROI is return, return on investment or return of investment or something like that. Um, so basically it's like, I'm gonna put this money in Cause at this point now I'm done with the reserve. Um, and like, I didn't finish my degree while I was in the army, which is a big mistake, but I'm paying for this degree out of my pocket, right? Like I'm not taking any loans, like I'm just paying for it cash. Um, because like out here, like a, a, a degree is like having a high school diploma almost. Like it's, I was like, everybody had one. I couldn't even get in the door or so I thought. So while I'm working on this degree, a recruiter calls me for, for that, um, you know, that job in DC I was telling you about. And it was making the money that I wanted to make, and I'm like, okay. So I stopped. I stopped going to school again. But after I left <laughs> that job, I was like, I just, I just want to have the options. And um, you know, I was looking at these certif- this one certification uh, called the CSP, Certified Safety Professional, which is basically like you're an expert in the field. If I have the degree and I have the certification, which I plan on getting in the next couple of months, then I mean, you can almost write your own ticket. So. It's like if I don't continue working, then you know, I mean, yeah. it's it's a win, and I have it in my back pocket. But if I do continue working, then it'll um, you know increase my earning potential. So, like I said, decrease the expenses, but always increase the income as well if you can. So that's kind of my good. thought process on that.
0: Good. And you knew what you were getting. You, you know what you're getting into. You have a clear step forward. A lot of times, I think the problem is um, with college, especially sometimes it isn't necessary. And a lot of times people aren't doing the, the prep work to really understand if it's necessary for what they want and actually what they want to do. Um, so we talked a little bit about that throughout the podcast episodes, just making sure that you're taking the time to figure out if that's what you want to do but that's a lot to ask of a 17 or 18 year old you know
1: absolutely i remember this girl at famu um saying because i was studying business when i went down there i love business and um so this girl she was like hey what are you studying i was like uh business and she she said something like oh yeah that's what everybody studies when they don't know what they're gonna do Mm. and i was like you know what she's right (laughs) (laughs) I like, she's completely right, you know, it's I was going to college, degree. yeah, it's an employable degree, but you know, I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to be doing, or, or I was going because that's what you do, right, so kind of, kind of working backwards, I got the career first, and then got the degree in the career field, um, so gotcha. I, it kind of, it kind of worked out.
0: Gotcha. That's good. Um, So we're going to go ahead and wrap things up because I know we're a little bit over time, but this has been so good. And I got to ask you the last two questions that I ask everyone that comes on the show. So the first question is, what is the best piece of financial advice that you never received?
1: Max out your 401k. That's and, and understand. Just understand that the, the taxes behind that the 401k and your Roth start there.
0: Mm, that's good. That's good. And then what's next for you? We know you're going snowboarding next week, but what's next <laughs> for you?
1: <laughs> um, next for me, like I said, I'm, I'm looking to, um, to learn a new skill, um, really get more consistent learning about Forex, seeing if I can make something happen with that. Um, and then just finding a, finding a job or finding an organization if if that's what I choose like if, if I find something to do that brings me joy um, then I'll go to work in that um, but I'm, I'm just not rushing. I'm just kind of um, you know taking another gap year you know, so to speak mm-hmm. and letting the, <laughs> letting the game come to me
0: <laughs> okay. You know, a lot comes when you, when you aren't working like so hard for it or when you aren't pressed for it. I I feel like that's when a lot of things really come to fruition.
1: Yes. Law of detachment. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Raphael. This has been so great. You've given us such great knowledge today and we'll see you soon.
1: The pleasure was mine. Thanks, Candice.
0: Of course, of course, of course. I'm back, y'all. Wasn't that an amazing episode? I feel like I say that every week, but every week I'm so fueled and energized by the people that come on the show. So of course, I got those top 10 tips for you all today. The first tip is to make sure you have a plan and course correct if things don't work out. The second is take advantage of opportunities that will help you accomplish your goals in life. It's a long-term game. The third is try different things to figure out your path forward. The fourth is when looking for a career, look for something that fits your personality. The fifth is don't be afraid to just go for your goals. The sixth is ask for a raise if you're doing well at your job. Know your value and shop around if you have to. The seventh is, it's not about how much money you're making, but how you manage that money. The eighth is, always be looking for ways to capitalize on opportunities. The ninth is, invest in things you understand and do your research. The tenth is, max out your 401k to the employer match if you have it, and max out your Roth IRA every single year. Well, y'all, that's all I got for you today. But remember over here at Banks and Commentary, we're saving, investing, paying off debt, and living our best lives. All right, y'all, I'll see you next week.